Welcome to the Nun Report, bringing your regular dose of truth, freedom, and weirdness with your host, Dan Nunn. Thanks for tuning in to today's show. I've got a big lineup. Of course, we're going to talk about the Donald Trump indictment in Georgia or the sham or the witch hunt or whatever you want to call it. It's definitely a travesty of justice. In fact, there's no justice involved in it at all. It's just another example of the police state that we now live in, which I'm going to talk about. It's not going to get any better, people. It's going to get worse. The gloves are off. They have completely exposed themselves for what they are, okay? And that's a desperate tyrants and desperate tyrants when they feel that they are under siege when they feel they are under threat the they will do that's when they will do their worst so you think you've seen stuff now you just wait if this doesn't slow trump down if they can't bog him down with this election if they can't bog him down with all these indictments or worse in their case they can't get him convicted of any of these things um they're gonna start going after his supporters that's next they already have in georgia by indicting all the people that they did. We're going to take a look at it, but we're not, there's other news going on too. Now, always remember, every time they indict Trump for something, there's another major thing that's going on that they're trying to distract from, whether it's Hunter Biden's nonsense and the, the complicity between foreign governments and Joe Biden himself when he was vice president, whether it's laundering money, whether it's the economy that's still in a total shithole, an economy that's in crisis, an economy that people just can't, survive no matter what Janet Yellen says, no matter what any of those buffoons say, the fact is in real dollars, every household is spending 700 bucks a month more on average. It's a car payment. For some people, it's a house payment in some parts of the country. I don't know where that is anymore, but it used to be. But it's at least a nice car payment, 700 bucks that people didn't plan on, that people can't afford. We'll talk about the economy. And also, let's not forget that uh, today is the two-year anniversary of the disastrous and botched pullout that the Biden administration executed. Actually, more, this one was right on Biden. He promised a date that it was going to happen. Some of his advisors advised against his plan to do it and how he was going to do it, but he went ahead and did it anyway, just like the wannabe little dictator he is. I'm sure he's got a little dictator tater down there too as well probably doesn't work anymore uh just like his brain right anyway so we're gonna we're gonna cover quite a few things so we'll spend a little time on each of them like we do we'll go through i want to thank you for watching first of all also please uh subscribe to my rumble channel it's important it's free rumble.com slash the nun report it's where you can find all my videos and other Clips and whatnot. I've got a clips channel as well. The Nun Report Clips, rumble.com slash the report clips. Rumble.com slash the report is the main channel where all the episodes get posted, along with other information that might be interesting to you. But at any rate, let's support each other as patriots. That's how you could support me. And give each one a like too when you watch them, please. That's called a rumble on there if you're not familiar with rumble terminology. So let's get going. You know, Donald Trump was asked up in Iowa, and I've played this clip before, but I'm going to start off the show with it again. Would you take a plea deal in Georgia? This was his response. Would you take a plea deal? Is there any Florida delegation that has for your governor? Is there any chance you take a plea deal in Georgia? We did nothing wrong. We don't ever take a plea deal. Yes, sir. We don't take plea deals. It's a wise guy question. Are you going to change this? It's a wise guy. We don't take plea deals because I did nothing wrong. It's called election interference. You know what that is? 
indictments are brought out by Biden, who can't even put two sentences together. This is Joe Biden, because he can't win the election by himself. He can't win the election based on votes. So what they did is they got the attorney general to do it. And then you see how stupid they acted yesterday. Yeah. And that, that's a, you know, that's brilliant on his, on his part. And a lot of times he does, he comes up with these little catchy term, you know, ways to call things and they just start, it is election interference. That's what this is. In the end, that's what it comes down to. Anything and everything to stop Trump from getting elected again. They're on record saying that that's their goal. And what's sad about this whole thing is, so yesterday, you might remember if you watched the show, I started it off with, man, I don't know what's going on in Georgia. People are saying the indictments have come down. People saying they haven't yet. You know, all this was going on because there was a lot of confusion. After the show, after I was done recording, before I I put it out there, as I was putting it out there, of course, then it broke that the indictments were released, but those weren't the real indictments. Those were the ones that they had pre-printed. Somehow, it got through the system where a clerk posted it to the Fulton County website with the indictment already pre-printed before, before the grand jury had even voted. I think that on that alone, they could have the whole case dismissed. It's certainly unconstitutional. It's, It's a violation of due process. They already had the outcome of the indictment determined before they ever took a vote. And that's why they're doing it in these counties. That's why they did it in D.C. That's why they did it in New York. That's why they did it in Fulton County, in Georgia. And what's sad about this, to me, is they've taken, they've weaponized government so much, and the lawfare, the term that you hear, which is uh, warfare, except they're using law to do it, so it's lawfare, against a political opponent They're making a complete mockery of the system. The things in this Georgia indictment are ridiculous. It's a complete, utter, absolute joke. And the fact that they've taken something that should be a serious thing, which is our justice system, and the way we operate legally by the rule of law in this country, something that should be taken very serious, something that's constitutional, people's rights, they've taken it, made a complete mockery out of it. They have pissed on the Constitution. They pissed on the Bill of Rights and they're laughing about it. They don't care. They don't care about you. They don't care about me because that's really what this symbolizes. By going after Trump, 74 million people who voted for him are also being indicted. And that's why today I stand with Donald Trump. I wear my Make America Great Again hat. I wear my fake mug shot that I bought from the Trump campaign to support his campaign. But it's pretty sad when things get leaked to the media. And, that's not, and it's not happening in just Georgia. This has happened in New York. It's happened in D.C. where they gag. They put a gag order. And you watch. That that's the very first thing that's coming when he goes in to surrender himself before Friday to be arrested. There's a sheriff down there that swears he's going to get a mugshot of, of him, regardless of what the Secret Service says. I think he's in for an eye-opener that you know his, what he wants and what he says doesn't really mean jack shit. But like all of the other places, he gets a gag order and then the district attorney or the courthouse or whatever just continues to leak information. So they can leak all the information they want. They talk about Donald Trump trying to to, uh, fight these battles in the sphere of public influence 
And then they engage in the same thing that they're, they say they're trying to stop him from doing by leaking all these documents, by leaking all the information, slowly death by a thousand swords. And it's just one at a time, and they just keep punching him through. But, you know, Teflon Don, so far, he's proven to be pretty resistant. This is what his attorney had to say about what I was just talking about. Check it out. In light of what's likely to happen. I don't think you can forget about the TikTok that's happening in the courtroom. I think that says it all. The fact that we have pr people standing by and leaks to the press before I've even seen his indictment, before the indictments even come out, is exactly the problem that we have in this country at this moment. This is ex exactly what we need to fix in 2024, frankly. We have somebody who questioned the, inte the integrity of the election, questioned whether there was any problems with the election, which we've seen come out, there have been problems, and now he's being allegedly criminally charged, and the press is in a courtroom waiting, but his attorneys are sitting on Fox News with no knowledge. This is the problem with mm. America right it's a politicization. And Fannie, by the way, on Thursday and Friday, updated her campaign website. Has anybody spoken about that? It's a ploy. It's election, it's election interference. And it's political lawfare. And I'm frankly just sick of it. It needs to end. This country cannot. Yeah, this, keep in mind, this Fannie Mae, this, this DA, she ran on, I will prosecute Trump. I will indict Donald Trump. That was that was her whole campaign. Just like the guy, just like the ass hat up in New York. They ran on, I will elect me and I will indict Trump. And then they set about doing it. So this is not justice. This is not how the legal system in the United States is supposed to work. This is not innocence until proven guilty. So uh, it's all out in the open now. And I'm going to I'm going to go through a few things. And yeah, the fact that the you know they had yeah, on TikTok, they have live videos of they have cameras in the courtroom showing Oh, not that clip. They have cameras in the courtroom showing the the uh, indictment being delivered. What kind of theater is this? Am I watching some sort of new crime drama that's on that's on network television? I know I'm not because I don't have network television. I don't even have television. <laughs> I go out and find all my stuff and source it online. I don't I don't follow what comes through my idiot box on cable. But uh, what is this clown show? Here they are. There's the indictment. So the judge has signed off on them, and now the the clerk is going to uh, take them off to be filed and somehow there's a camera in there recording this whole thing and then they release it they leak it out there for everybody to see they're trying to try the case without it ever being tried with all this dra drama anyway hey here's uh here, here here she is um reading the indictment off or i guess her statement after the indictments came down uh and, and this is um this is what she, what oh that looks an awful lot like Obama. Oh, my goodness. Thank you for joining us. I'm here with the prosecutors and investigators who have worked diligently on the investigation of criminal attempts to interfere in the administration of Georgia's 2020 
presidential election. Today, based on information developed by that investigation, a Fulton County grand jury returned a true bill of indictment, charging 19 individuals with violations of Georgia law arising from a criminal conspiracy to overturn the results of the 2020 <laughs> president. Okay, enough, right? That's obviously a meme, okay? Uh, hat tip to uh, C3P meme on Twitter. You guys uh, always, you never you never fail to deliver, man. It's hilarious stuff. It's great stuff. If you're on Twitter, uh, follow them. That's a C3P meme. And they come up with some great stuff. Here, here's the actual statements you came up with. I'm not going to read the whole one because I'm afraid if I did, I might vomit on camera. So I'm going to just run a little bit of it so you kind of get the gist of, you know, this is her moment. This is her moment. This is what she ran on. This is her 15 minutes. This is her way to exert her power and authority over somebody she sees as inferior, someone who she sees as less than a human being, somebody that she's determined to destroy. Thank you for joining us. I'm here with the prosecutors and investigators who have worked diligently on the investigation of criminal attempts to interfere in the administration yeah, I'm going to show you how diligently they worked uh, here in just a little bit, so, so stay tuned. Of Georgia's 2020 presidential election. Today, based on information developed by that investigation, a Fulton County grand jury returned a true bill of indictment, charging 19 individuals with violations of Georgia law arising from a criminal conspiracy to overturn Bullshit. the results of the 2020 presidential election in this state. The indictment includes 41 felony counts and is 97 pages long. And it's available. I encourage you to pull it up and read it. I'm not going to obviously read through the entire thing right here. I'd just as soon read through the book of John, but, um, like by way much more. Maybe I'll do that one of these days. I should maybe open a, up some of these episodes with a little verse. Anyway, here's what, um, so, so she said, you know, oh, we investigated thoroughly and we did this and that. I'm going to show you some of that and, and, and some of the articles that they used, that, that they used things that were not illegal to build a case of illegality. A lot, much of it based on Donald Trump's public sourced tweets which is incredible. President Trump had this to say. So the witch hunt continues. 19 people indicted tonight, including the former president of the United States, me, by an out of control and very corrupt district attorney who campaigned and raised money on, I will get Trump. And what about those indictment documents put out today, long before the grand jury even voted and then quickly withdrawn? Sounds rigged to me. Why didn't they indict two and a half years ago? Because they wanted to do it right in the middle of my political campaign. Make no mistake, this is all about preventing Trump from becoming president again and to interfere in his campaign. This is, by that definition, election interference. They did it in 2020. They didn't understand that they needed to do it in 2016, although they tried to. They had the Russian collusion in 2016. They interfered there. 
They interfered in 2020 by suppressing information from the Hunter Biden laptop and the knowledge they had about the Biden families, the Biden crime family cartel, illegal dealings with foreign nationals and governments. So they indicted 19 people. Those are the 19 that they indicted. Real quickly, here's what they were indicted for. And uh, unfortunately, man, that uh, that resolution is horrible. Uh, violation of the Georgia RICO Racketeering Act. That's that's the most uh, severe charge on there. No judge in their right mind will accept that because it's just ridiculous. Um, solicitation, solicitation of violation of oath by a public officer, false statement and writings, false statements and writings, two different, uh, they cited two different uh, codes there. Solicitation of violation of oath. There's a different code. So much of these, just like the other indictments that we've seen in other states, and I'm not going to read through all of them, it is a laundry list of everything. Much of it is duplicitous. Much of it overlaps. But the idea is to throw it all out there and see what sticks. I've been involved in trials before. I've been involved. I've actually been a witness on a grand jury before. And that's what exactly what they're doing. They, they just throw everything on the wall, see what sticks, and make the defendants try to prove that they're innocent when in fact they already are innocent. Right? They're not guilty. They're not guilty of anything. That's how our justice system works. And uh, I don't know what's going on here. Let me see if I can get this off the screen. Jeez, that thing was like stuck on there. But here's some of the, here's some of the things I do want to go through. And that is... These are some of the articles that they're going through that they're using to support their position that, uh, that this was somehow, that, that they were somehow trying to, to change the outcome of the vote or that they were racketeering or conspiring with other people to change information or to get information or, or anything along those lines. And, and stand by just a second here. I had to make that a little bigger. Um, on or about, and these are tweets. So Act 6, this was a tweet. Uh, Mark Randall Meadows sent this me text message, the text message, excuse me. Uh, can you send me the number for the speaker and the leader of PA legislature? POTUS wants to chat with them. Apparently asking for a phone number is now illegal. Article, Act 22. This was from his Twitter account. Georgia hearings now on OANN. That's One American News Network. So apparently announcing that a hearing is on television for somebody to watch is illegal. On or about third day of December 2020, Donald Trump met with Speaker of Pennsylvania House of Representatives Brian Cutler in the Oval Office at the White House and discussed holding a special session of the Pennsylvania General Assembly. So apparently meeting with a, a uh, somebody from the House of Representatives of another state and talking about having a general assembly, that is also apparently a furtherance of the conspiracy and is illegal. On or between the 3rd of December, 2026, day of 2020, Donald Trump placed a telephone call. Oh no, he placed a telephone call to President Pro Tempor of the Georgia Senate, Butch Miller. This is an overact of furtherance of conspiracy. So placing a telephone call, as you now know, is illegal. I'm going to go through the rest of these. And again, stand by. I'm going to make this a little bigger. 
Remember, I'm a one-man Dan here, so sometimes, you know, if I had a production guy, he would have had that all set up correctly. Unfortunately, I did not. Act 31, on the 5th day of December, a telephone call. Donald John Trump placed a telephone call to Georgia Governor Brian Kemp and solicited requested and importuned Kemp to call a special session of the Georgia General Assembly. So apparently, he's not allowed to make a phone call to a governor and ask him, he didn't tell him to do anything, ask him to do a special session. Act 37, this was an email. Bob, can you get on a call with David Schaefer, state GOP chair, and I later to discuss? David has been on top of a lot of efforts in the state. I get a lot of board call around 10, I get out of a board call around 10.30. Scheduling a phone call is somehow now illegal, according to the state of Georgia. On or about the 8th day of September, or December 2020, Michael Roman sent a text message to an unidentified co-conspirator. Unidentified. And the text message was uh, to co-conspirator to get Misty Hampton to attend the hearing before the Georgia House of Representatives Government Affairs Committee on December 10. So sending a text message to somebody and requesting that they get a representative to attend a hearing in the House, that is now illegal. Act 57. This was, uh, this was, he reserved a room. So in the Capitol, in Fulton County, Georgia, for December 14 meeting. So James Schaefer, he, he reserved a room to meet with President Trump. That's illegal now in Georgia. You, you're not allowed to reserve rooms to meet with somebody, okay? Act 96. This was... Uh, Mark, this is Mark Meadows, of course, uh, sent a text message. Is there a way to speed up Fulton County signature verification in order to have uh, results before January 6th if the Trump campaign assists financially? That doesn't sound, they're trying to say that was a bribe, part of the conspiracy. Uh, they're just asking, is there a way to speed up this account or, or this count this, so that this can happen? Can we verify these signatures before January 6th? And uh, apparently that's illegal. This one, on or about the 5th day of January 2021, Donald Trump caused to be tweeted from his Twitter account, the vice president has the power to reject fraudulently chosen electors. That's it. That's illegal to say that. You can't say that. Even though it's in the Constitution that that is in fact a thing that you can do. So you see much of the, the information they're using to come up with these, these, uh, these bogus, this bogus indictment. Donald Trump responded. On True Social, a large, complex, detailed, but irrefutable report on the presidential election fraud, which took place in Georgia, he's, he's fighting back, he's worn up in them, is almost complete and will be presented by me at a major news conference at 11 a.m. on Monday of next week in Bedminster, New Jersey. Based on the results of this conclusive report, all charges should be dropped against me and others. There will be a complete exoneration. They never went after those that rigged the election. They only went after those that fought to find the riggers. I agree with that. The fact that it was just weird to me that so many of these of these representatives and legislatures and states and election boards, they didn't even want to look at it. Nope, it's done, over. We got the count we want. We're not going to look at it. 
can you imagine if the roles had been reversed and the Democrats were trying to, to see, you know, that they had questions about the elections because they've done that very often as recently as 2016 with Hillary. Oh, let's not forget Stacey Abrams right there in Georgia saying that she was, uh, the election was stolen from her, but she can say that because she's a liberal overweight Democrat. I don't know if obesity has anything to do with it, but uh, she's certain she, under these, under this definition of election interference and of the RICO statute, Stacey Abrams should also be indicted. So they, could you imagine, anyway, what I'm saying is if the roles had been reversed, they would be all over it, right? They would be all over it. Man, it's muggy in here today. This is, this is a, this is a hot house here up in the Northwest. We're experiencing climate change today. It's 90 degrees. Oh gosh, 90 degrees in the middle of August. So weird, right? Now, this is what the scumbag uniparty is like. This is not just Democrats going after Donald Trump. There is a, a the deep state, the swamp monsters, the uniparty, the scumbags that want Trump gone no matter what. The ones that see Donald Trump as a threat to their status quo, their power, their control, the system, the good old boy system, the GOP good old boys, we're the old school guys. We get to do whatever the hell we want. We're just, you know, just going to wheel and deal and we're all going to get wealthy beyond our imagination in the process. That's what they do. That's their purpose. Once they get in, the majority of them turn into these, these incestuous beasts to just eat other Americans' worth and suck their life essence out of them. And that's not being, that's no hyperbole, man. That's what they slowly do by way of restricting your rights, your freedoms, taking your money via unconstitutional taxes, double taxation going on all the time. This is a Republican representative in Georgia. He is a vindictive asshole. He sees this as retribution. Finally, we get to take our party back from Trump. Listen. This feels different. Uh, you know what? Donald Trump did his, did his most damage in Georgia. Uh, he sucked the soul out of the Republican Party here. Uh, he sucked the morality out of the Republican Party, the fiscal responsibility out of the Republican Party. He's, he, he sucked our winning percentage out of the Republican Party. He's taken everything from us, and it is our turn to take it back, right? It's our turn to win elections based on the policies that we think we're better on. This is the prime spot for us to take Joe Biden to the woodshed and call him out for not running the border right, not protecting our communities, not putting our best foot forward internationally. These are our moments in time. But if we make this about the three-ring circus of Donald Trump, we will lose, lose, and lose again. You make a good point that. Well, you're definitely a loser. That's a lieutenant governor of Georgia talking like a, the good, useful idiot that he is. And, uh, you know, Trump's winning percentage is actually pretty damn good. He's got like a 90% success rate on candidates that he endorses and that he campaigns for and with. But that douchebag, <laughs> man, oh man. He's just worried about himself. He just... He just didn't like the fact that the spotlight wasn't on him. His, he's such a pretty boy. Yeah, unbelievable. I bet he takes it up the... <clears throat> All right. And the most disturbing part about any of this is uh, 
this new study that came out. And think of this. This is uh, 30 million Americans say violence. Violence is justified to keep Trump from power. Well, what the hell did you think was going to happen when you inundate everybody for six years with how evil, how despicable, how deplorable, how awful a person is? What do you think is going to happen with how people think? Now, keep in mind that, uh, you know, all every single one of these is an extreme commie Democrat. It's not like, it's not like there's, uh, it's not like there's, you know, Trump supporters out there that want to uh, have violence. But think of that. This is unheard of. A new, a new survey commissioned by the University of Chicago found that a stunning 30 million American adults say they believe the use of violence is okay if that is what it takes to keep former President Trump from assuming the White House again. The study found that 11.6% of U.S. adults agree that use of force is permissible to prevent Donald Trump from becoming president. That amounts to 30 million people when extrapolated. So that's scary. I mean, are we hitting, this This is escalating. This is, the, the Biden administration has set this up so it can do nothing but escalate. You continue to go after with lawfare and indict your political, your number one political opponent. It's not like this is just some dude. It's not like this is just a former president. This is the guy who's the number one contender who's running against you. How can it not be perceived as the left going after their number one political opponent? How can it not be perceived as a political action, as a third world bullshit move, as a dictatorial, tyrannical, desperate thing to go after your political opponent. I, I I can't, I don't know how anybody perceives it any other way. Hey, yeah, yeah. Ooh. All right. Sorry, a little power out just there for a while. I don't know if anybody noticed, but uh, internet went down, a bunch of stuff went down. So I was gone for a little while. Went out to lunch. I came back and I was trying to, and I'm back. And here we go. We're finishing the show. A couple of things came across, came across my newsfeed while I was out to lunch. So maybe it was a blessing in disguise. I'm glad that it did. We're going to go ahead and look at these. This is the weirdness. As, as regular viewers and followers know, the Nun Report is about truth, freedom, and weirdness. And so I like to produce a little bit of weirdness in every show. I don't always find any. I figure eh, if I don't find any, you know, I'm pretty weird. So at least that part is always covered. We've talked a lot of truth so far. Not much about freedom. We've talked about oppression. We've talked about tyranny, which is definitely truth about what's going on in the United States of America. But I'm going to pull up something for just a minute. And, uh, you know, oh man, again, it's Kamala. Really? Weird. Kamala is giving us some weirdness today. Check out this little clip. So all of that to say, it is clear the clock is not just ticking, it is banging. And that is why one year ago, <laughs> President Biden and I made the largest climate investment. In Did she say banging? <laughs> word she's familiar with but uh it's interesting that she chose to use that term when she's talking about uh 
something that's ticking and it's turned to banging. Next thing you know, she'll be talking about it exploding. <laughs> anyway, that's my take on that one. And and then this is this is one just popped up too. So everybody knows that the people from the White House don't run their own Twitter accounts, right? I mean, I hope I, I hope that when you read something from Joe Biden or from Green Jean Pierre or from Kamala Harris or anything, you know it's not them, right? That they have people staffers that are paying to do this for them or or companies that are paying to do this for them. Unlike Donald Trump, who's authentic, who doesn't hide behind somebody else, who actually mans his own Twitter account and his own truth account. And you know that when he posts, you're actually hearing directly from him. No, 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 no. The Biden administration has, they have people, right? They have people. Well, once in a while it comes out. This probably been deleted since, but this was true. I, I, I checked it out. Karine Jean-Pierre's Twitter account. Investing in America means investing in all of America. When I ran for president, I made a promise that I would have no part, leave no part of the country behind. <laughs> so there you go. There is a, a staffer that forgot to switch accounts. Oh, I'm tweeting as the president, but I'm accidentally signed in as Karine Jean-Pierre. Your favorite press secretary of mine. Haven't heard from her much lately, and I'm thankful for that. Um, she had a little bit of nothing to say yesterday, and so that's okay. Joe Biden was questioned once again about Maui. Check this. Nope. No, he's not going to talk. He's talking out his ass. He's telling you to piss off. Could you imagine being a Marine and having to salute that dude? Once again, he refuses to talk about Maui. He was asked about the rising death toll. And there he goes on and on. Let's move on to the economy here. This is one of the last topics, second to last topic of the day. Bidenomics American households spent staggering $709. I alluded to this in the, in the initial monologue of this show, 709 more in July than two years ago in 2021. That's a, that's a good car. You could buy a Tesla for that amount of a car payment. The bogus narrative of the of the economic prosperity brought by Bidenomics doesn't match the reality of most Americans are feeling the pain of a prolonged period of sustained inflation with new numbers from Moody's. Look, the deal is consumer prices are up massively. And, and in the important sections, you know, they say on average, well, prices are up 16%. Okay. But eggs, bacon, potatoes, carrots, 69% increase. Like the stuff that poor people eat. Like the poor and the working, this is the stuff they buy to make meals every single day. Gas prices, energy prices, still up over 50%. And Janet Yellen says, well, yes, but they're still down by, you know, $1.20 from their maximum peak. And, you know, we, we just think we're heading in the right direction. Hmm. How do you think? What does America think? Does America think we're heading in the right direction? I don't know. Let's see. Check this. 
so, so really, Jillian, the president, what he's doing is he's trying to message his way out of the economic stresses that almost all Americans feel every day. Now, he wants to make Bidenomics a household word, but he wants to give people a good feeling when they hear about it. But what they see is that food prices are up about 20 percent since January of 2021 that. when the president That's took average. office. Overall, inflation is up about 16 percent in that time. This means that people are making about 3 percent less in their paychecks because everything else is so expensive. In fact, Moody Analytics put a number to it. It says Americans are spending $709 per month more than two years ago. And now we have gas prices on the rise. Yeah, gas prices are on the rise, but don't worry. Don't worry. Janet Yellen's got you covered. According to Moody's, the typical household spent $202 more last month on the same goods and services uh, than it did a year ago, $709 more than two years ago. So the rate of inflation has plunged, but prices are still going up. And these are huge numbers for American families. It's real hardship. Uh, what do you say to those families? Can you tell them that prices will actually go down? So I don't want to say that the level of prices will go down, but I think inflation will subside to rates that are quite normal and um, within the range that the Fed is seeking to target. So we're talking a new normal. So all those high prices you have right now, everything is escalated to a new normal. She's saying, okay, inflation will go down to regular levels, but she doesn't. But she says prices won't decrease. So we have a new reality. And she had this. 75% of Americans believe the economy is in poor condition. And maybe that's because, again, even though inflation rates have come down, they are still paying more. Uh, 63% of people in this poll disapprove of how President Biden is handling the economy. What do you say, Secretary Ellen, to the clear majority of Americans who simply do not believe that the administration is helping them? Check this. Well, you know, Americans know best, I think, about their own personal finances. And it is important to recognize that when they're asked how are they personally doing, over 70% of Americans um, say that they're very comfortable with their financial situation. So they seem to perceive the economy uh, as a whole as doing less well than they are personally. But most... I, I am, my brain hurts when I, she just pointed out with a poll, 70% of Americans think the economy is in the fucking, is in the freaking toilet. And she, her response is 70% of Americans think that they're personally, they're doing great. If that were true, if 70% of Americans were really doing great, if 70% of Americans really thought they were better off financially, don't you think the other poll of, is the economy doing well, would also be positive? You can't have a poll that says 70% of Americans think the economy is horrible. And, but also at the same time, 70% of Americans think they're doing better than ever. <laughs> That's exactly what she's saying. Are you, are you kidding me? And they sit there and do it over and over and over again. It's gaslighting. These people are great at, look at they, they Look what they did with, demonizing Trump over and over and over again. Man, you talk about the guy negatively for six and a half years. Yeah, people are going to start to think about him negatively. Gaslighting is not an, a one-time event. It's not a, people 
overused the word. The, the term is way overused. But if you repeat the same thing often enough over and over, over an extended period of time, that's gaslighting. And that's exactly what these extreme commie Democrats are doing. Today we mark the two-year anniversary of the tragic and uh, horrible withdrawal from Afghanistan that the Biden administration did against the recommendation of his military advisors. Biden is single-handedly responsible for every single death, including those 13 Marines that had occurred two years ago because of his decision to stick to his timeline to withdraw the troops from Afghanistan in a haphazard manner, leave hundreds of millions of dollars of equipment behind, including advanced military hardware like M4s and 5s. This guy handed the Taliban an arsenal. Not only just a country, but an arsenal to defend it. As well as losing the lives of 13 Marines that we know of. And this is what they said at the time. If you think back. The United States will not undertake a hasty or disorderly withdrawal from Afghanistan. We are committed to a responsible and sustainable end to this war while preventing Afghanistan from becoming a safe haven for terrorist groups. We seek to bring a responsible end uh, to the conflict, to remove our troops from, from harm's way, uh, and uh, to ensure that Afghanistan can never again become a haven uh, for terrorists that would threaten the United States. General Miller and General McKenzie will be able to do so in a safe, orderly, and effective way. We'll not conduct a hasty rush to the exit. We'll do it, we'll do it responsibly, deliberately, and safely. They will do it safely. They will do it orderly, and they will do it deliberately. And they will do it... He needs, like, two more masks, I think. Our uh, we plan to retain uh, an embassy uh, on the ground of Kabul and uh, on the ground in Kabul. Plan We're to maintain an embassy. We're staying. Uh, the embassy is staying. Our programs mm -hmm. are staying. If there is a significant deterioration uh, in security, um, that could well happen. We've discussed this uh, before. Um, I don't think it's going to be something that happens from a Friday to a Monday. I met with uh, the Afghan government here in, in the White House, in the Oval. I think they have the capacity to be able to sustain the government. The likelihood there's going to be the Taliban overrunning everything and owning the whole country is highly unlikely. Your own intelligence community has assessed that the Afghan government will likely collapse. That is not true. They clearly have the capacity to sustain the government in place. Do you see any parallels between this withdrawal and what happened in Vietnam with some people feeling? With None whatsoever. Zero. There's going to be no circumstance where you see people being lifted off the roof of a embassy in the. Oh, really? They lied. They intentionally lied. They knew they lied. The political, you know, uh, vows that know better than thee ignored their political advisors, ignored the people on the ground, ignored their commanders. They said that we would maintain a embassy that 
that Afghanistan would not become a haven for terrorists again. That there, you would not, it would not be like Vietnam. You would not see an airlift off the embassy. Yeah, that picture there on the screen, that's not Vietnam. That's Afghanistan. Every single thing this president has done, every single thing this regime has done, has failed. Every single prediction they've made has been wrong. And uh, it's tragic when it costs lives. As it did in Afghanistan. And it's important to remember That's why I'm doing this segment. Still no word from uh, President Biden today. Uh, there are many who are asking, where's the president? When's he going to address the nation on this? Will he anytime soon? Yeah, as of now, Fred, there are no indications that President Biden is going to address the nation on the situation unfolding in Afghanistan. Uh, a pretty remarkable uh, at the fact that uh, today, as of now, it appears that the Taliban have indeed entered Kabul, are in the presidential palace, and for all intents and purposes are in charge of the country uh, 20 years after a U.S.-led invasion ousted a Taliban government from power in Afghanistan. So the, 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 the history and the moment that we are in today certainly would call uh, for hearing from the president of the United States at some point. Well, you know, par for the course. He didn't discuss or address the nation on the disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan. He didn't discuss or address the nation on the tragedy in East Palestine. To date, he still has not discussed or addressed the nation regarding the, the horrible fires that happened in Maui and the massive loss of life there. This is their MO. When somebody does something once, it's like, oh, you know, maybe they screwed up. Maybe they didn't get the, the the levity of the situation. Maybe they didn't understand fully what was going on and they're going to do better next time. But that hasn't happened. In fact, they haven't only not done better the next time, they've done worse the next time. And they've done it now at least three times. This is an America last administration. Oh, did I say administration? I meant regime. This is an America last presidency. Joe Biden could give a single flying fuck about you or me, the Constitution, or anybody in this country. He cares about himself, his family, his bank account, and his foreign handlers since he is in fact, a foreign agent. Two years later. How many people do you think are left of our allies, people that we, we should be getting out? How many are left? Thousands. I mean, we still we still have safe houses that we're trying to get, keep people in and out of. Um, there are still thousands of special operations commandos that are trying to find ways out. It is tr it is dire. It is heartbreaking, um, and we have to do something. There's still people there. They left them behind. 
Dis and not only did they leave them behind, they left the they left the Afghanis behind. Why other countries continue to trust America when they come in and say, "Oh, we're defend you. We'll we'll put in a new government, and then we're going to defend you, and we'll make sure you're strong enough before we leave." Why? Why would anybody believe that ever, 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 ever again? The Biden regime has caused the world to lose faith in America's commitment of defending those they said they would. They've lost faith in the American dollar. They've lost faith in the Constitutional Republic where we have a peaceful transfer of power and we don't put political opponents in jail or charge them with crimes simply because they have opposing views. This administration, this regime, this, this pathetic excuse for presidency is doing irreparable harm to this country. It's going to affect generations. It's going to affect your children. It's going to affect your grandchildren. What's more important? being able to use your own pronouns and get sex change procedures as a teenager, have men compete against women and men in women's locker rooms, is that more important? Or is having a strong United States that will continue to persevere and last for generations to come for your children and grandchildren and further and further and further? Because you can't have both. You can't have both. Anyway, hey, thanks for uh, thanks for tuning in today. I hope that uh, you will pray for President Trump and the evilness that's going on in the Biden regime. I really want to implore that on people. If you're not a praying person, at least you know keep keep people in your thoughts. We're at a, we're at a serious crossroads here in this country. And I hope that everybody recognizes that. And I hope that everybody responds accordingly. But uh, I think that's what I got for today. I'm taking tomorrow off. I have some things to do. But uh, I'll see you on the other side. Thanks for watching. If you've just been listening on the on the podcast or renegaderadio.com, make sure to check me out on the nun or excuse me, rumble.com slash the nun report. All the videos are there. I'm also on all the socials at the nun report, except for TikTok because I don't do that commie BS or you could just, uh, Oh, and Twitter, Twitter is not at the nun report because I couldn't get the, so it's now just at nun report on Twitter or just go to my website, the nun report.com. You can link on into everything right there. One stop wooden shop. Anyway. Hey, thanks again for watching. And as always until next time, may the odds be ever in your favor. Cheers.